And uh, it was one of those, it was a difficult time because the boys weren't very receptive to it. Mm. They, they did not want to do it. We yeah. got to the point once we, once we had decided that we were moving, one of them decided they were going to ask around to see if somebody else would adopt them so they could stay. Wow. Wow. That was a tough, <laughs> tough yeah. time. You are listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with me, your host, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring you to take bold leaps of faith as we hear the powerful stories of both men and women from different industries and walks of life who obey God and took risks in exchange for heaven's rewards. As you listen, my hope is that their stories will give you the confidence you need to trust God as he leads you to your next leap. Now, let's learn a little about our next guest. Hey, family. Okay, before we dive into this episode, I want to share something with you. I want to do a series where I personally answer your questions about taking leaps. But here's what I need from you. I need some questions. (laughs) So I have two ways for you to send me questions. The first way is for you to DM me the questions on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram at I am Rachel G. Scott, R-A-C-H-E-L. And then you can send me your questions through text or you can even voice message me the questions that I can share. The second way is for you to email me, contact our Rachel G. Scott. Myself or my team will grab the email and review it. And then here's the thing. I won't share your name unless you indicate that it's okay for me to say, hey, it's Sally from Missouri. So tell me your name regardless, what state you're in, what country you're in, and then just give me your question. I'll read the question live on the podcast. Then I'll share with you what I would do if it were me. I want you to think of it this way as you are preparing these questions. You know how you are in class and there's always that student that asks a question that you really want to ask, but you didn't. And you're like, oh, thank you so much for asking that question. That's how I want this to feel. There's going to be some of you that step up and go ahead and ask a question that someone else really wants to know the answer to. And so if you could be that person, be that student for me. It's the teacher of me coming out, y'all. Be that student for me where you ask a question that I can share my wisdom from my own experience, from the journey of taking leaps to help you boldly take leaps of faith. So again, you're going to send it to me via Instagram DM as a voice or a text, or you're going to directly email me the question. All right. Sound good? Perfect. Let's hop in. Well, welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it greatly. You know, um, I'm super excited because we connected through a Facebook group and you started to share some of your story with me. And I was like, yes, yes, you have to be on the (laughs) podcast. This is so exciting. (laughs) Well, it it was it was one of those that it wasn't even one of those. I didn't match exactly, but I I told you I'm kind of an amalgam of what you were looking for. Yes, you were. You definitely are that. So tell me, (laughs) what leaps are we going to talk about today? Oh, we're going to I have got a a shepherd's leap and then kind of intertwined in the middle of of it is a little bit of a tent maker leap as well. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. So before we dive into that, can you please tell my listeners just a little bit about you? For sure. I'm 43. I look much older, so uh, don't, don't. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> For the first 41 years of my life, I lived in Northeast Indiana, just north of Fort Wayne, if you anybody's familiar with the state of Indiana. So we're up in the armpit is what I like to call it of Indiana. I raised and, and lived there, loved, absolutely loved it. And uh, about 
20 years ago, my wife and I met for the first time in Fort Wayne. Actually, she was the first time she was ever in Fort Wayne. And I was going for my brother's 30th birthday party at a comedy club. And my sister-in-law has a very infectious laugh and uh, like really infectious, like so bad that the comedian even started playing off of it. So she was there for a bachelorette party and they had to meet the woman with the laugh. And so my wife and I met and she, she was single. I was single, obviously. And, uh, it was one of those that it, uh, when I met her, the first thing I told her was, is I, I live with my mom. I don't have a car and I have a one year old and she still gave me her number. And we, uh, you know, I called her and later that week and we, we, uh, Took off from there. That gets a little bit to the point where I'm going to start my uh, my story of of. Well, uh, I love that. The, That's the awesome. Shepherd so how many thing. how many kids do you have now? We have well, we have five total. I have my one year old that I had before I met my wife, and then we adopted about oh, it was 18. So five years ago, come uh, this October, we adopted four boys from Gary, Indiana. <sighs> wow. We tried for years to to have have a baby, and and it just wasn't in the cards. And you know, yeah. lots of prayer and vitro fertilization, other you know the obvious ways, right? Uh, that just <laughs> didn't come through. So we prayed about it, and she had to have a a, a history, a complete hysterectomy, to where like the day uh, two weeks before she had it, and then then the boys moved in with us for for the trial, the six month foster to adopt and then uh, we were able to adopt them so wow. we were only looking for two and i was gonna she say you ended up you have five now well I, yeah I have a lot too so we my oldest luckily he's 20 he's out on his own he actually gave uh, we have our first granddaughter because uh he had just oh. had his uh his first daughter but uh those four we weren't looking like i said we were looking for two uh, you know a, a sibling group of two maybe yes. three and she saw saw this group of four and uh <laughs> Well, <laughs> we fell in love with them. I mean, uh, without their, you know, I mean, they, they come with their trials, um, as do all, all children, all children, but, uh, a uh, lot of yeah. glorious moments too. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. So then in, in 20, 2021, uh, my wife was offered a job to, uh, to work in the town that, or well, village, because we're under 5,000 people in there in Ohio. It's a village. I, I think you're aware of that, that, yeah. that because you're in Ohio as well, but, uh, and she took the job. So we moved here and we've been here since, uh, since September of 2021. And, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm an online teacher. We have two Basset hounds. We're big cub fans. If you can see over my shoulder, we've got some <laughs> cub stuff and, uh, my dogs are named Clark and Addison, which are the two streets that come together at Wrigley field. So, Oh, I love it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. All, all of that goodness. And I, I feel like that your story already is starting off so powerfully. The fact that, you know, you all, just embraced a, a different lifestyle than, than you were anticipating, you yeah. know, but you still embraced it and saw God's hand and all of that. So let's dive into the leap. I don't know which one came first, the tip maker, the shepherd. Uh, it was the shepherd maker because okay. we, uh, I, I touched upon it a little bit at the beginning of my bio and then a little bit at the end as well. My wife is from Northwest Ohio originally. And uh, actually about 40 minutes from where we live now. So, and she went to college here in this town. So like the first time we ever went out on a date, we met here in this town or in this village to go to our, our first date. 
So like there's some connection here, but she was a marketing major. She graduated with a marketing undergrad degree. She had just graduated when we met and we're, we're getting together and started to date. And she, uh, after about a month, we officially were dating and she said, Oh, by the way, I'm going to Japan for a year. Oh, wow. Okay. Surprise. Uh, (laughs) But back in that day, we were calling cards, uh, an email, AOL Messenger, you know. Right, the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kids don't know, understand what calling cards are nowadays, <laughs> but uh, they are expensive and they you didn't get many minutes for what you paid. But, right. Uh, <laughs> But we, uh, we, we maintained, uh, communications, you know, we had some rough patches and that's, uh, to be expected, especially with, you know, half a world being across or between you. But, uh, when she came back, she had a very lucrative offer to be the head of marketing for a major, a local branch of a major chain. And I told you that I'm going to straight up, no free ads, but it was McDonald's, the, the local McDonald's branch owner. She was going to be the head of marketing. And, and I told you that we had a, uh, or I had a previous a son from a previous relationship and Indiana state guidelines had uh, required me to get permission to move outside of 50 miles of, as the crow flies from where my son and his mom lived. Mm -hmm. And I knew that she would not give me any permission to do that. So there, I I just told her, I said, look, I I, I can't move. Uh, And I explained it to her. And about two weeks later, she called and asked if I could, uh, or if my mom would let her move in with us for the time being until we could find a place to move into. She, she chose me. So she made the move to me and we've been married 18 years. Oh, well, we'll be 18, 18 years in July. And, uh, then when this offer came about, I mean, she uprooted and gave up everything to right. be with me. So, uh, you know, the fact that I, I was able to work from home, no matter where I've got, as long as I've got an internet connection, I can, I can work at home. When she was offered that, I, I supported her and told her, look, you know, if you want to make this move, I can do this. Even though it was one of those that I'd never known any place other than Northeast Indiana. Like I said, uh, she changed her mind, uh, like legitimately changed her mind probably 15 times in the week that she had to decide. And uh, but we decided that it was it was the proper move for the family and herself professionally to to move over here. I want to pause you right there sure. because that's such a real moment, like the fact that she changed her mind a couple of times and, you know, that the two of you came together and made the decision. Tell us a little bit about that that's that the time she had to make a decision and what were some of the the determining factors for you all the big thing was is how how would the kids be able to to adjust because they had just literally and this this was they were less than three years of being our sons so like they were still getting used to northeast indiana and uh if you're not familiar gary indiana is very black Northeast Indiana is very white. So they had to make that transition to a very white area. And, and my boys are people of color. I, right. I mean, they, they, they have mixed parents. The, so like they are obvious. Uh, right, right. That different from most. And so they were just starting to get in acclimated and kind of in the flow. But we had an eighth, assumed to be next year. The next year would have been an eighth grader, a seventh grader, a sixth grader, and then a kindergartner. So we thought, well, that would be the most opportunistic time to move because you're not having anybody start high school yet. You're not having, they still have another year. Our youngest would still be able to, uh, well, he doesn't know school. 
So kindergarten anywhere doesn't matter to him because it's all right to him anyway. So that was the big driving force was that it was it was more opportunistic than if any time to make a move. And uh, there were other things, uh, you know, lack of being able to move up in her previous uh, position, whereas this one would would offer opportunity at the very least. But yeah, it, it was a very difficult. And and what I was doing was I was I was always playing devil's advocate. I was, yeah. You know, I was always I told her I, I'm going to support either way that you go. So she would start talking to me and I'd go, but what if? You know, I'd throw that what if at her and she'd be like, well, da, da, da. okay, well, we've thought this through. And uh, it was one of those. It was a difficult time because the boys weren't very receptive to it. Mm. They, they did not want to do it. We yeah. got to the point once we once we had decided that we were moving, one of them decided they were going to ask around to see if somebody else would adopt them so they could stay. Wow. Wow. That was a tough, <laughs> tough yeah. time. Yeah. And looking back on that time, because that's such a all of this that you're saying is real. And and I want people to hear, like, if you are going through that with your child where there's this resistance to it, that there are different ways to respond to it. But mm-hmm. if you could go back and either how you responded to it or do something differently when when it came to the children, what would you do? Oh, you know, my biggest problem was is I wasn't walking with the Lord the way I should have been. That would have been the thing that I would do differently. Uh, I still, you know, and, and it's not necessarily that I reacted differently. I think I would have reacted the same. But if the boys would have seen that I was a person of God and that I trusted in him, that maybe they would trust in me more. Because, uh, you know, I made the comment that, that, you know, you're moving, yes, but your family's moving with you, too. You know, we're going with you, but he, they couldn't see it necessarily because I wasn't doing my proper way of walking with the Lord that it would just, it looked like I was uprooting them needlessly in their eyes. And so I guess if there was anything that I would do differently is I would have started it sooner, but you know what? We made it through and, yeah, yeah. and whether, whether or not it was easy, you know, it was not, not, not at all, but I think we're much stronger for that. And, uh, you know, from that point, and I have gotten to that point where I'm walking yeah. with the Lord properly and they're, and they're starting to see that now. Right. And, you know, even still, you know, I love that you said that because then the trust that you had in God would have been, you know, you could have leaned them back on that. Correct. But even still, what it sounds like is that you still brought them to a place of what's most important. Like we are going to still be with you, yeah. with you. We're not going to be leaving you. We're doing this together as a family. And, you know, I think that that's, that is the key right there because even when I was going through a season where I thought we were going to move, I had a daughter and she just was not wanting it. And it <laughs> yeah, was hard. And I, I, totally and I was get walking it. with the Lord at the time and I was like, listen, <laughs> Lord, can you tell her what you told me? Cause she's not getting the memo, you know? So, I mean, I think that it's just, they don't, they don't understand and see. And that's why I try to put like my big thing is it's a lifestyle of leaping. And the younger yeah. we can teach our children that the less resistant we as adults have a hard time with it because we've got kind of gotten out of that. We have our same job. We live in the same house, you know, but when it becomes when we understand that it's a lifestyle, we're more open to it. So, yeah. you know, that was it was a huge leap for them. But let me ask you this. Well, I'm not going to ask you that question yet. So tell me <laughs> you transitioned over. You transitioned. Yeah. And now remind me, where did you go again? Bluffton, Ohio, which is Bluffton, uh, northwest Ohio. between Finley and, uh, and Lima on 75. And how were things like, tell me about the transition once they got here, once you all got here, what looked different, what looked the same? It was, it was a very, it started out kind of rocky because what, what happened was, is we sold our house. 
So we had to live with our in-laws, but yet we were still moving out tight. We hadn't closed on our house. So like I was spending a lot of time in Indiana in Indiana while the boys and, and my mm. wife were over in Ohio, but I drive. There was one night I drove and it, and it's a two hour drive one way to, to my in-laws. I did it three times in one day. And yeah, yeah, it it was rough. That was a rough day, but (laughs) it was rough because, you know, like they were still fighting. I don't want, and we're not, I don't want to move. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And finally, my wife said, you know what? You're going to give me one day of football camp because nope, I'm playing football, like refused. You're going to give me one day of football camp. Okay. But I'm not doing anything. Okay. That's fine. And they went and I'll be darned if they didn't just absolutely love football camp because everybody (sighs) accepted them. They're the new kids. Oh, wow. You know, oh, wow, they're athletic, you know, and, and, you know, so all of a sudden they wanted to go back tomorrow and then they wanted to go back the next day. So the fact that we were able to immerse them into our community before we actually moved into our community (laughs) was life saving. And it was a godsend because I don't know that we would have it would have went as smoothly had that not happened at that point. Now, what made you all think? to do that because to me that's like genius you found that place to put them in right away my my wife luckily she was in well we had to register them for school so okay. she immediately was like hey is there football camp is there when does football start and they're like oh well camp started yesterday but they can still come and she's like they'll be there tomorrow and wow and I was like, let's do it. And of course, I'm in Indiana. I'm 170 miles or 150 miles away. I can't really, I'm like, do it. That's what, right. if that's what we need to do, do it. And uh, it turned out very, very successfully. Now, let me ask you this question as a husband, because so often, you know, we hear the side from the mm-hmm. wife's perspective, but the husband still carries so much because you're trying to lighten the load as much as you can mm-hmm. for your spouse. What what did that look like for you? Like what were kind of the weights that you were carrying um, as you were trying to help her as best you can from the distance? Well, we, we had lived in our house for, well, at that time, about 16 years and we had 16 years of stuff. <laughs> so do you know what the pods are? The the yes. big, yeah, we, we had four of those filled and it was my job to make sure it was they were filled and ready mm-hmm. to be moved out. So that was my big thing. I didn't complain. I didn't, I, I'm, I loved Tetris growing up, so I didn't mind it. But <laughs> plus I have like 80,000 ratchet straps now, if anybody needs one, because <laughs> I was putting stuff in them, you know, mixing and matching. And luckily I didn't, I didn't break anything of no, of importance. <laughs> Let's say it that way. <laughs> Uh, but that was the big thing uh, for my wife is she said, if you can make sure that I don't have to worry about that, mm-hmm. that will do a load. I took, I made sure to book them. I made sure for pickup. I ensured when they were getting dropped off, loading, she would pack things, but I would load it. So that was the big thing. And that's why it was so easy for her to be in Ohio while I was in Indiana, because wow. what I would do is I would work for a couple hours. I'd go work for an hour loading stuff in that I could do by myself. Plus, I had awesome neighbors that were like, hey, anytime that we're home, if we, you need any help loading some stuff, we'll, we'll be there for you. I had them there for that. It, and, and, and that's what my biggest ability to help my wife with on that on the move was. And I love that she was able to verbalize like how you could actually. Yeah help her yep. because sometimes when as women we we're just like I don't 
don't know. I just feel I like just I need help. Know. I just need help. You know. <laughs> yeah. But you all, and we like, all know men help. aren't the greatest at picking up signals. <laughs> right, right. So it's like I want to help, and I thought me doing this on my own was going to help, but Correct. obviously that wasn't helpful. You're so right. can you please tell me how to help. So I'm sure my husband's going. My husband does the editing for the podcast. I'm sure he's going to say yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. She does get it. I do get it. So, so I love all of that, and it's really stood out to me about I don't know. It just really stood out to me about you finding them the community that they could connect with so quickly even before your wife found it even before you found it you're like let's help them settle and part of them settling is connecting something that they enjoy you know connecting them with people that they enjoy in a place that they will enjoy. They didn't know they were going to enjoy them either. But yeah, they we, didn't. We but pushing, of, cause sometimes kids are like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, mm-hmm. no, no, doing doing that anyway. That's parenting, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> Putting her foot down and saying, you're doing it at least one day. And that, I, I applaud my wife for that because she was in the position I wasn't. Right. Because she was the one taking them. And she said, look, you're going to go today. One day. I don't care if you don't participate. You're at least going to go sit and watch. Like she said, at least one day. At That's least one day. Media. At least one Give day. Give me a day, and then if you can make the decision after that that you don't want to do it, okay. There you go. But she knew my son well enough that it was going to be, yeah, I want to go back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so once you all finally, you know, get here, you all get settled. Is this kind of where the tent maker leap kind of like falls yeah. in? Or Okay, so tell us about that. Yeah, well, like I said, I'd never had lived anywhere but northeast indiana and and i always stated that uh, it was this was a move for my wife you know it was you know i can work from anywhere i you know this is for my wife the more and more i got to looking at it and the more and more i got to thinking about it god had me move for me too because i was getting complacent with what i was doing in indiana i was okay with just kind of the status quo and writing it out well, I don't know anybody here in Ohio. I, I literally know my wife and my family. And other than that, I know like three other people. Right. And so God had really, I'd, I'd coached for 20 plus years, baseball and football over in Indiana. I loved it. And, and I was good at it. I'm not patting myself on the back, but I still have players that, you know, call me coach for one thing. And, uh, you know, the, the, and they, they'll tell me, Hey, you know, I really appreciate what you did for me as a, as a, as a player, but it also helped me grow up. You know, and so oh. I loved doing it. I got a lot out of it. I, I loved baseball. I like football, but I, I, baseball's my love. I just didn't want to coach anymore. And, but I, yet I wanted to give something back to the community because that's kind of what I saw coaching being. Yeah. And it just kept weighing on me. And I'd watch my son play football this year and actually all three of them on my older ones because we have a, a 16, a soon to be 15, a 13 and a seven year old. So the three older ones are in junior high slash high school. And I watched them play football and I'm sitting here thinking, man, I could really announce this. Well, they already had a PA announcer and it just kept weighing on me. And, uh, I, and I truly believe God wants me to start a company to where I can do broadcasting, live event broadcasting, where I do the, the football games for the, for the local high school. I do them boys basketball games for the local high school. My boys are going to be playing those anyways. So why can't I do that to give something back to the community? And, uh, I literally, the day that I responded to your, your post on, on Facebook was the day I sent out my sponsorship letters. And I've had some response since then as to, wow, you know, uh, some sponsorship. But you know what? It's going to take a certain amount of money to get it going because it's not cheap. But you know what? I, I wholeheartedly believe that God's going to at least provide me with a way to to be able to do it, to to show the community its value. And then from there, 
however it goes from there uh, is all God's hands. But I, I trust that he he didn't direct me this way in error. He doesn't yeah. do that. Mm, that's so good. You're so right. He does not direct us in error. And I love how you you are seeing how the leap was not just for your wife. Mm-hmm. It was for you. It was for your family. You know, do you feel like your children are thriving more than they, they would have there or? Much, much more. And, and the reason being is, is the school district that they went to school in was about 10 minutes away from, it was the school district my wife worked in. And it was about 10 minutes away from where we lived in, in Indiana. Now we live in the village in which they go to school so they can walk to school. They can have friends actually walk to the house and come see them like multiple times they'll be in the front yard playing and all of a sudden there's six kids in our front yard other that. than the ones that are, that never would have happened where we were. So yes, I think it was a, it, and they won't admit it, I'm sure, but I think they see it as being a better move than what they originally had thought, obviously, but then uh, that it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so good, man. You know, I think there's so much that comes to mind as you're talking, but just the faithfulness of God and how Mm -hmm. he sees so much more than what we actually see. We want to be able to see everything. We want to know all the details, like knowing that it was going to be a better fit for your children would have definitely, I'm sure, changed maybe how you handle some things going into it or. Well, and I would have, I would trade my uncomfortableness for their, for their thriving any day of the week and twice on Sunday, because I'm an adult. I can adjust. It's very difficult for, especially for kids like them who had already had to adjust so greatly in their life to move in with us. And then they have to do it all over again. So, and I tried to explain, it's going to be okay. But if I would have known how well I could have, I could have tried to explain it maybe a little bit better, but, but you know what? I would trade it any day of the week. Like I said, if, if I'm uncomfortable, that's fine. As long as they're, they're thriving and they are. And and I'll tell you what, my seven-year-old is more popular than any of my other three. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he loves that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, as we wrap up, I want to ask you this question Sure. to the person who is in the spot that you are, that you were in and having to make a decision. You have, you know, the kids and they're giving, they're giving them a hard time about whatever it is. It could be any kind of transition. Yeah. What's something that you would say to encourage them? I've got actually three little things that yes, please. Uh, know there will never be a clear path. Just understand it's never going to be a clear path. You've got a starting and an end. You're going to go 17,000 different directions before you hit that end. Know that ahead of time. So when you get those first diversions, they're not going to be more morale killers. Oh, so good. Let God be in control. You know, I, you know when you pray to him, say, you know, I'm giving you the control and and trust that he's in charge of it. And and yes, you're going to take those 17,000 directions, but you know that he's driving the bus. So he, he doesn't get lost. And uh, the last one is pray, pray, pray. And it's pray for favor, pray for strength, and then pray in thanks. Because once you declare it, it becomes done. Once you ask God for it, it's done. It's not a matter of of if, it's when. And the strength is to ride out the storm to get to that and then thank him because it is done. It just got to get here. Oh, I love that. That was so powerful and so helpful. Oh, my goodness. So before we wrap up, (laughs) I want to ask people want to know how they can connect with you. Y'all, he has a podcast. I want to make sure he shares that. And 
What is your next leap? Oh uh, yeah, I've got I've got a podcast. It's called the Five Hundred Section Lounge. It started out as a uh, a sports show, which is why the Five Hundred Section. But we found that we were having guests. We talked to awesome guests. We have guests that are inspirational, famous, uh, comedic, funny. We just basically we we want to talk to people that have interesting things to say or have done really awesome and interesting things. So we changed it to a lounge because what we're what do you do in a lounge? You just kick back, relax, and kind of hang out. And that's that's what we do in the 500 section lounges. We're three dads. We're family friendly 98% of the time. Some of our guests, sometimes we don't tell them to keep it family friendly just for the fact that for whatever reason, but we, we always put a blue logo on our, on our podcast when it's a, it's a, an adult themed one. Our tag is we, we have legendary conversations from sports to history and everything in between. Oh, I love that. So we just love to laugh go on tangents and talk to great guests. And uh, it's one of those that uh, we're anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find us on social media. Just look up 500 Section Lounge on Facebook or at 500 underscore section on Twitter at 500 section on Instagram. I think I don't know. No, that's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and tell us what is your next leap? Oh, my next, my next one is hopefully sooner rather than later, but eventually uh, the fishermen. I'm going to, I've started my new company, the Lounge Media Group. And what I'm going to do is offer broadcast services along with live broadcast podcasting services because I do edit and uh, and produce podcasting as well. But then I do some graphic design and stuff. So my goal is to go after smaller companies and businesses that don't necessarily have the budget to be able to go to a big designer and spend thousands of dollars. But it would be fantastic whether it be through lounge media group or another job to be able to t- to make that fisherman leap to where i go into yes. my calling full-time rather than just uh the tent maker where i do it sort of i love it oh my goodness sam again thank you so much for being on the podcast i have really enjoyed oh, this i have conversation. enjoyed this greatly thank you so much thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode i hope you were inspired by what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust god with your next leap Before you go, I want to invite you to visit thefiveleaps.com to learn more about upcoming guests, helpful resources, and our text community support, all intended to help you prepare to take your next leap. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness.